This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. Second take at this. Okay, sorry. No, <laughs> it is what it is. Forty it's again. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, episode forty. Here we are, over the hill, old canes and mustaches and weird toilet paper and whatever you do for over the hill parties. We are on episode forty, guys. Uh, this is obviously a big thing. Uh, uh, as I said earlier, uh, or we were kind of, I guess, talking amongst ourselves. Apparently, uh, you know, three months away from our episode, from our one year episode. So that's going to be big news. We're going to have some. A little bit of stuff for you guys. Obviously, uh, we're, we're going to be kind of maybe reworking the logo a little bit, and then we're going to re- be going back to doing some t-shirts again. Going to be a lot of fun coming up for that, but uh, we'll have some surprises in store for you guys. Uh, but main part here is, uh, as far as the the podcast goes, make sure you, if you are listening on Spotify or iTunes, you do uh, give us that subscription or that follow. If it is on iTunes, make sure you rate and review with a five-star and a good review below. As far as the accounts for the tailgate talks pages itself twitter you can find us at tailgate underscore talks instagram and facebook we're on those as well you just gotta type it into the search bar if you look us up on youtube we are there on there as well uh make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel give it a thumbs up we're posting videos two to three times a week so just that way you can be notified every time one of those goes live as far as our personal accounts dustin you can find him at dustin wimmer 22 Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And then as far as any sort of business inquiries or uh, thoughts or questions or anything you want us to talk about on the show, uh, hit us up at our personal email for the show itself, which is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We're going to kick this off. We have uh, plenty to talk about today with uh, Tech Tech Baseball, Tech Football, the NBA Finals going on, and Shot Bets. But uh, let's kick it off with some uh, Club Red. All right, a little bit better this time. Uh, so, um, for those that didn't know, uh, on the uh, we, we we started recording and then it dropped the feed, so we're having to do this a second time. Uh, but hopefully it still comes out just as good. Uh, but we had, uh, so Texas Tech baseball, big moment. Uh, obviously the MLB draft came around, uh, last weekend. It was kind of fun to see all of our boys getting picked up and moving on to the next stage. Uh, sec- day two, we had seven players drafted and we had a total of, or yeah. And we had a total of nine drafted, uh, coming from us. Seven. Um, seven. Uh, seven from day two is a total of nine though. Nine. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah yeah we had two more get drafted on the last day yep 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 uh so so awesome news there obviously uh mm-hmm. you know we, we talked about it a little bit earlier with cal conley going first uh in the fourth round uh from our squad to the braves big news there got plenty of big names here so uh dustin 
thoughts on thoughts on the MLB draft, thoughts on Texas Tech baseball, and and what does this mean for us? It's a lot of good things. I mean, you have seven guys going in rounds four through eight. That's pretty high up there, and especially when through rounds through eight rounds, you had six six players selected, and that's twice as many as any other school had in the whole draft. Um, so that says a lot about our program with developing guys, but also the transfers that come in looking to be on a winning program and also get drafted looking at that also. And that's by far the most guys that were selected on any team in the big 12. So we're a leg up on a lot of teams, especially in our conference in our region, especially with recruiting wise um, and that transfer portal, but just keeping our name out there, especially with guys going, going to the big leagues, um, only good things looking out from there yeah absolutely it's 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 a big step obviously with recruiting with uh with bringing new players in they're gonna they're gonna see that you know they come here they're gonna get a shot at getting in the world series every year but not only that they're getting a good shot or a good look to move on to the next level brooks um what, what's your thoughts on the mlb draft and uh impact for texas tech yeah, so let's kind of shout out some of the players who got drafted right quick because sure. uh, some of these guys are notable for a reason that they probably won't be returning next year. Cal Conley to the Braves, as you mentioned, he was the first guy to go off the board, and I think we all knew that he was going to be uh, headed to the league. Yeah. Drew Baker was drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays. Braxton Fulford to the Rockies. Mason Montgomery also went to the Rays. We had Ryan Sublett go to the Dodgers. Hunter Dobbins, an interesting one, uh, because he was injured last year. Uh, he was drafted by the Boston Red Sox, so happy that the Red Sox got a Red Raider, but it's not determined or not if he's going uh, to that or not. He's expected to be one of our best pitchers if he does come back. And then kind of rounding it out, Patrick Monteverde got drafted by the uh, Miami Marlins. Brian Birdsell is another one to watch. He was drafted by the Twins as well as Dylan Noisy. So nine Red Raiders. We had the second most out of all college teams to uh, have players drafted. I think only beat by one. I can't remember what team it was that had uh, – I think it was Florida had like 10 players. But it's obviously important for recruiting. We've consistently shown for several years that we get players and we consistently put players into the MLB. Um, we've had success with it. Our players, if you keep up with tech baseball, they seem to be doing pretty good in the minors and making their way up. And I'm sure we'll have multiple Red Raiders in the league in not too long a time. So it just UCLA. keeps adding to that list. UCLA, UCLA had 10. Had 10. Uh, and that's interesting. Yeah, That's interesting because UCLA's a team that we knocked out here in Lubbock. So weird, but yeah, just, it, it does so much for your recruiting. It consistently shows that we get guys and we uh, produce, you know, produce talent. We build on that talent and we put them in the league. I feel like it's been, you know, my early teenage years and stuff like that. The league wasn't really littered with, texas tech players yeah. and it still really isn't you still hear a few names here and there in the actual big leagues but you know for the most part it's only a couple guys but with the consistent draft picks the consistent talent it looks that in a couple years from now we might just be seeing texas tech dudes all yeah. over the league sure. and that's just great for your brand that's just it so awesome awesome for these guys loved getting to watch them and the 
red and black and wish them success. Definitely love, definitely love to see it. And, and again, it's, it's, I mean, as, as we've, as we've said throughout this whole little segment here, it's big for the big for the program. Is it, that's what that is. It, it's, it's that kind of, kind of like, uh, you know, in, in college basketball where they go to certain schools to get that exposure, to move on to the next level. You're seeing that starting to happen for Texas tech baseball, where they're going to get that exposure. They're going to get their shot. They're going to move on to the next level, or they're going to have their shot at the next level. And even though most of these are probably going to be going, if they go straight in, they'll end up on farm teams for a while. Um, it's still a, a good step in that next next step for MLB. Uh, but awesome news there. Definitely fun to see it. Definitely excited to see it. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and jump over to Texas Tech football. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, the main thing to come out of this week that has a little a couple of Texas Tech fans up in a roar. Uh, and, and it is their their number nine seed or number nine ranking? Sorry, uh, I know I, I do it every time. Y'all, y'all, y'all are both fucking giggling at me. I know, I know, I know. But anyways, uh, going into this uh, preseason Big Twelve rankings, Texas Tech is at ninth, with us basically being 20, 20 votes behind Baylor, and obviously Kansas is way behind and last. Uh, but Brooks. What what is your initial thoughts at looking at this? Because like, I know that there's a lot of the 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 Big Twelve. I feel like is getting a little bit better uh, in, in weird places. But uh, I, I want to hear your take on this. What why what do you think about them giving us a number nine uh, ranking out of the gates? Well, as y'all know, I'm not very fond of preseason rankings, <laughs> but. You know, football one always feels a little more accurate. It's a little closer to the season. And by this time, everybody kind of knows what you're rolling with when you're going into the season. Uh, Nine, I feel like we deserve it, man. We haven't done anything to prove that we are better than that ranking in a couple years, several years to be exact. And while I do have a little bit of confidence in this team going into this season, uh, we just haven't proved it on the field. So nine kind of makes sense. The only the only gripe I would have is, you know, Baylor doesn't make sense being ahead of us. They were worse than we were last year. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what significant improvements they're really banking on them making, but you know, uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not going to be mad about it. Uh, it's what we've been for several years. And it's one of those things where you got to lay it out on the field and you got to go win and prove that you deserve to be, respected in a league that you've been kind of a joke in for a while for too long. Yeah, absolutely. The case, uh, Dustin thoughts out of the gates on this one. Number, number nine ranking. I mean, again, Brooks kind of said it a little bit, you know, we don't really hold these too much to heart, but what do you think, man? So here's what I like to do with these preseason polls in basketball and football. I like to group them together into what teams you're near. I don't care about the number nine ranking. Um, I do think Oklahoma, Iowa State are in that top group like they are. Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU are in that three through five group. They'll be somewhere in that area. And I think we're in that mix with West Virginia, Kansas State, and Baylor, and that could go any way. So I'm not mad about the ninth place. Who cares about that exact number? But I do think we'll be in that group of – six through nine with West Virginia, Kansas State, Baylor, and us kind of fighting for that 
scrap of will you make a bowl game at six and six or not and you're in that kind of bottom half of the big 12 but reality is that's kind of where we're at and that's who we're who we're with going into this year um, I'm I'm with you 100% on that. I, I definitely have like a, kind of a cumulative cumulative thought about that, which yeah. is we haven't proven ourselves. We we have no history of being good in the last couple of years. Um, you know, w- without uh, Pat Mahomes to kind of carry the carry the yeah. load a little bit. Um, and so I'm not surprised at all to get to get the nine rank. Um, but I do feel like we're in that mix. And in all honesty, as far as talent goes, I don't see us being any worse than Baylor or K-State. And maybe in the mix with West Virginia, but that's a little bit of a push considering that I feel like they've kind of had our number. Um, But I... I, I think it's justified. Uh, Unfortunately, to be right... One one rank above Kansas is a little bit embarrassing. But uh, until they prove otherwise, I feel like that's honestly the case. Uh, But yeah. All right, so that's going to kind of wrap up, uh, or I guess uh, wrap up that little talk about that real quick. We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do our continuation of our series of the uh, Texas Tech football moments, our top five favorites, and our top three worst or least favorites. Um, so let's go ahead and jump over to it. Um, so today we're going to be doing our number two. Uh, so we're going to be doing our, our, our second least favorite moments and our second favorite moments our number two favorite moment um so i uh, anybody want to go first on this anybody super excited to talk about their number two on the we're going to be doing least favorite um, both of my number twos <laughs> <laughs> i am too i i'll kick off the least part all right take it away brooks what do you got because and then i want to build up to this one that dustin has that he says that i'll appreciate <laughs> um so for my second least favorite moment, I'm going to take it back to November 22nd of 2008. 2008. Oh, no. no. <laughs> did, did I steal Dustin's Damn, moment? No. no. I just heard. <laughs> just hearing that date. I already know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was a great season that a lot of Texas Tech fans do remember, but this particular night was not a great one. On It was a cold loud terrible night in norman oklahoma for the number two ranked and undefeated at the time texas tech rad raiders we faced off with the number five ranked oklahoma sooners and it did not go well we ended up losing the game 65 to 21 in an absolute beat down we were the game of the week so college game day was there me and my dad were there as well and this is why this was this is why this is up there on my least favorite moments is because me and my dad had to face that brutal cold and that terribly loud Oklahoma fan base. I couldn't get jump around out of my head for like the next year. Uh, they played it after every play. Cause it felt like every play they had, they scored. Um, and then, you know, it, so at that moment, this was the first time I think tech actually had national championship hopes. You know, we were late in the season. We're undefeated. We had some great wins behind us. We, we got out of Norman. It's like big 12 championship and national championship. That's where we're headed. Yeah. And we just got demolished, man. And me and my dad were right in the middle of OU fans. So we weren't even sitting in a tech section. We were sitting right in the middle of OU fans. It was awful. Uh, it was cold. <laughs> We didn't make it through the third quarter. We left before. And this is kind of the extra funny part of the story that happens is 
you know, we're just trying to get somewhere indoors and warm up. And so there's a subway that's pretty close to the stadium. So me and my dad go sitting in this subway warming up when the two subway employees get in a fight with a customer. What? And I don't know if it was a drunk fan or something or a rowdy fan, or I, I don't really remember that part. I just remember looking back and they were fighting. So the next thing you know, the officers come in and arrest the two employees and the fan. And so now there's nobody working at this subway. Wow. <laughs> and so now there's this guy who's standing there. His sandwich was in the toaster oven. <laughs> so did he go finish it? there? He was like, I don't know what to do. Me and my dad ended up taking off. I, I didn't get to see if the guy went back there. I think and I hope that the guy went and made a sandwich. I would have. Uh, because, I mean, it was just sitting there. And Who's going to tell him no? Who's going to tell him no? There's nobody there to stop him. But, yeah, so that kind of added a little humor into what was a pretty brutal night. Uh, definitely the biggest loss that I've ever, you know, kind of been a part of. And that stadium was – that was an impressive crowd that night. It felt like that stadium was about to crumble. That's how loud it was and how much people were jumping around. So – a lot of people remember that. Yeah. Terrible loss. But yeah, so that's my second least favorite moment. Okay. Uh solid one though. Damn. Yeah. Good but call. the subway story kind of just adds yeah, a little awesome. bit of it, it it adds some light to it. That's funny. That's actually really <laughs> funny. I, I if I was and that then, guy, ten out of ten yeah. would have made my own sandwich. Like And then the only thing that made that moment kind of like heal was the next year we played them in Lubbock and we beat them really bad it of course didn't matter as much but we did play a lot of jumping around and uh my family my cousin went to ou my uncle's a ou fan my uncle who took us to that ou game was in lubbock for that tech beat down so it was nice to get a little bit of revenge on them even though the stakes weren't nearly as high but not bad yeah that was a, that was a good one that was a good that was a good moment there uh dustin number two least favorite Mine has to do with another brutal loss that me and Brooks attended. It was the 2016 Arizona State Texas Tech game. Yes. Very hyped up game. You know, a lot of Tech fans are pumped to go to Arizona State, play a Pac 12 team, just not something typically we do in schedule. I remember that. One of Cliff's first big out of conference games, also. Yeah. Me and Brooks made the 10 hour drive over with another one of our buddies. And the trip was great, except for yeah. the football game that sucked. Yep. We ended up getting our ass kicked 68 to 55 that game by a five and seven Arizona State team. We got Kalen Balage basically <laughs> drafted and on the Heisman list because he rushed for seven <laughs> touchdowns in 13 attempts in that game. All of the money he's made in his NFL career, he yeah. owes to us. <laughs> Half of his rushing stats. Touchdowns for his season was from our game. And, like, the other thing, I mean, me and Brooks were there, and I don't care who you talk to about that game and look at the score, but we were always down by at least 10 or 20 points that whole game. We were always playing comeback. We'd score and make it a 13- or 10-point game, and then they would go down and score. And then they, we were never close in that game, and that's what, like, hurt and kind of started – just a snowball of Cliff playing shootout games against mediocre mm-hmm. teams and still not winning, and our defense making dudes' careers and Heisman lists and 
it just hurt being there. Yeah. And making yep. the drive and uh, go ahead, go ahead, Brooks. Yeah, and the other worst part was that all the Arizona State fans before the game were like, "Y'all are gonna kick our ass," yeah. and we we're like, "Yeah, we are." <laughs> that was another like Pat Mahomes game that he went off for like 500 passing yards and was our leading yeah. rusher, and doesn't matter. But to combo, yes, that also was a stretch of three years in a row. I went to a Tech Road game that we got our ass kicked on. 2015, I went to the LSU bowl game down in Houston. We got rolled by Leonard Fournette and LSU 56-27. I was at that game. Then I go to Arizona State, and we get our ass kicked by them. Then the next year, me and Brooks are like, let's go to OU and Norman. We knew we were going to get our butts kicked there. Yeah. But just to – after that game, we were like, we got to quit going to away games, man. <laughs> I think I let that OU game saying I'm not spending any more money on this nope. damn football team. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't blame you one yeah. bit there. And then on top of that, it was like 110 degrees at night there. It was yeah, ridiculous. So that Arizona State game kicked off at 9 p.m., and it was still like 104 or something like that. Stupid. So, fuck um, Yeah. <laughs> But it was a good time besides Great the trip. game. We had – oh, that's a, the the band moment. You got to tell them about the band moment because that was cool. Oh, motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, so is, uh, this is good. Friday night, we're at a piano bar in downtown Tempe, I guess, wherever, in Phoenix, wherever, somewhere in that metro area. And we're with a bunch of other tech buddies. We have like three small tables filled up. There's probably like 12 of us tech fans. They roll in at like 11 or midnight with half of the marching band surround us because they're like, well, we're going to go pick on those tech people. And they start start playing the fight song right in our ears. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like literally right here with a trombone yep. and a snare drum. And <laughs> just right. We just, we just sat there with our guns up like, it don't matter. We can't <laughs> hear dodge. Them. Had to dodge his trombones like, <laughs> like yeah. we were like Brooks had like a trombone over his head. I had like a snare drum right beside me. Yeah. It was cool uh, though. I, I, we were like that's something I'd never <laughs> seen. I was like, they got us, they did it, and then they beat us. So oh. the 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 oh man. That was like a personal hurt, not really a but it did like affect the program. I mean, that was like the opening of the cliff snowball. Yeah. So, uh, yep. but good one. I Very like good that one. one um, yeah, that was a good one. I, I, oh man, see, y'all's are fun. My, my neck just kind of like had to like dig up. Uh, but okay, so for my second one, uh, we, we, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit more recent, but uh, it was the, it was the allowance of, of Yoast for way too long. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> we, we 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 talked about it for long enough. Uh, I I know this is weeks week two of me going coaching picks, but uh, it, it was just he was just kept on for way too long. His first year was yeah. awful, and him lasting the entire second season, I I think was an embarrassment to the program and did not help us in the off season at all. But yeah. that was uh, my number two worst moment for Texas Tech personally. Um, again. Uh, because uh, I I haven't been as into it as long as y'all have. I like but that though. That's that, a good that, that is my number two is is allowing him to stay the the OC for far too long. And yeah. Uh. Anyways, yeah. 
that was my number two. I thought I thought I was like, yeah, we talked about it a little bit on the show. It's it's going to be kind of a re, re, reoccurring theme for me at some point, just because it's God, ridiculous. Yeah. I uh, hope we never have to say that name again. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time. Uh, now now uh, we're going to add that to the Voldemort list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> put him on the shelf. Yeah, put 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 him with with yeah. that with that yeah. with that Putting... jerk basketball coach and 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 and. In burnt orange. Uh, anyways, we can't say his Fat name either. Coach in we burnt can't, orange. We can't say his name either. Yeah, the one that gets like little little baby applauses. Just all right. So, anyways, uh, so let's go ahead. Well, we can reverse snake this one uh, as far as favorite moments. Uh, this one, I wasn't a fan of Texas Tech at the time, uh, but big moment. I've watched this game multiple times. I've seen the highlights. Definitely was uh, was an awesome game. But uh, I was obviously. At this point, I was just getting into college football, honestly, and it, this was in 2006. Uh, but it, it is the the uh, the Insight Bowl with the 31 point comeback yeah. against against Minnesota. Um, again, I kind of had to dig a little bit for this one, but as soon as I was reading about it, I watched the game a couple of times. I was like, "Oh, this would have been a phenomenal game to go to." I wish I would have had a little bit more of a personal tie to this, but uh, that is going to be my number two. Uh, largest comeback in bowl history at the time. And again, again, a 31 point rally for Texas tech, uh, horrible first half or first quarter. I believe uh, I, it's been like about a week since I've seen this video, but that is going to be my number two top moment for Texas tech football. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it again. That, that, that was, that was a good moment for Texas tech football and the program. It's always nice having a largest or best or something that people can always remember you by and yeah so that okay. game always sticks out absolutely um so that's gonna be mine uh dustin uh number two or your number you got two my, got my graphic for me uh, i'm pulling it up now boom there we go we got it mine is october 2002 the texas tech first a&m game and the famous wes welker picture so we beat these guys 48 to 47. It's obviously one. It's always great to beat AM. When I got oh, yeah. to tech in 2006, I was taught very quickly that AM is our rival. We hate everything about them and we want to beat them in everything. So that's the first thing is that we beat them. But second thing is just this is one of the most iconic tech football pictures. I mean, you see this in every sports bar, you see this in a lot of alumni offices. Yeah. And Honestly, my favorite part is the dude in the white. Yeah. In the middle of yeah. the crowd. The one tech mm -hmm. fan there. <laughs> I, I, I see him. I see him. Yelling. Up. Yeah. He's just rooting for West so hard. That was the 89 yard punt return to put us up one with like three minutes left. The goat. Yeah. And then obviously he goes and makes a huge Hall of Fame career in the NFL and puts the slot receiver on the map and makes us a little famous for it too. But yeah, this is like an iconic tech football picture and a great moment to beat the Aggies. Love it. And yeah. love beating the Aggies. Actually, okay. Oh, wait. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, and it kind of parlayed with my moment from last week where I talked about Texas. And I mentioned that we beat Texas and A&M in the same year. Well, this was that A&M game uh, that we won. And the unfortunate thing is this game was not on TV. So we here in Lubbock, we had to listen to the radio call, but oh. let me tell you that radio call of that punt return. was that unbelievable. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I mean, we awesome once again game. scored 24 points in the fourth quarter to come yeah. back and tie that game. So, yeah. What a time. Yeah, that was a good game. Fun fun times. I had an A&M teacher, and so that following morning I came in doing the, he's at the 50, the 40, 20, 10, <laughs> touchdown, right, right. Yeah, just doing it. the – uh, that's so, funny yeah, awesome no y'all y'all should be proud i, I got invited uh, by a friend of mine to go watch uh, this year uh go watch the south carolina south carolina a&m game and the friend that i'm gonna go with offered to buy me a shirt for whatever side i want i was like well not a&m so <laughs> <laughs> don't care if there's the sec yeah. now i'm not wearing that shirt i'm not wearing those colors i don't care <laughs> anyways all right brooks number two moment for you uh, all right what do you got here. My number two moments, I'm going to October 8th of 2005. You recall my fourth favorite moment was also from this season with Dwayne Slay's hit. Mm. I have a little memorabilia from this game. Oh, yeah. nice. A ticket. And this was a game in Lincoln, Nebraska. As you see that red in on there. This was homecoming for Nebraska. And this was coming after the year where we just kicked their ass and beat them like 70 to 10 the worst beating that Nebraska has ever taken in college football. So their fans were pissed and they were ready to beat us on their homecoming coming into this game. They had won 36 straight homecoming football games in Nebraska loud ass stadium, huge ass stadium, lots of fans, but Mm -hmm. great fans, great fans. The, they tell no lies when they say Nebraska fans are some of the nicest fans in the country. They were great, but this particular game, we come in and we get off to a 21 nothing start in this game. And it's feeling like we're about to drop another 70 bomb on them again. But tides turn. Second, you know, not scoring so much. Nebraska slowly coming back, coming back, coming back. And then finally takes the lead uh, with about five minutes left in the game. At this point, me and my dad are feeling like, uh oh, we're going to lose a game. And if you don't know, me and my dad have traveled to lots of road games for texas tech football and like my trips with dustin we lose them we lose yeah. like all of them we never win any games that i travel to yet i still go to tech football games on the road so we're just doom and gloom of course at this point we start driving down the field we have no timeouts, so we got a score on this drive we get down inside the red zone and then we throw a pick and all of Tech fans, all the, our little corner of Tech fans drop down. And the only Tech fan watching the play unfold is my dad. And Danny Amendola makes a play. He forces the guy who made the interception. He forces a fumble. Texas Tech recovers. My dad's hollering, we got it back. We got it back. All of Tech, all our little corner of Tech fans, we rise up. We're excited. All right, we got another chance. 19 seconds left. Fourth down and two. Cody Hodges drops back. Has to roll to the left a little bit. Finds a streaking Joel Falani in the back of the end zone for the game-winning touchdown. And Texas Tech beats Nebraska in Lincoln on homecoming. It was like my first, me and my dad's first time being on the road somewhere and getting a win and hearing 80,000 fans shut the fuck up (laughs) was was glorious. So, yeah. It was awesome. It was just a crazy experience to be at. It's a game I will never forget. I've held on to that ticket since 2005. 
Uh, a lot of tech fans will remember that Joel Falani, who is a receiver coach for us now, yeah. uh, makes a great catch. It was awesome. Just a fun ass game to be at great memories and a fun team to remember. You know, we made it to the cotton bowl that year. So a lot of great memories from that season. Brooks, can I piggyback on the Nebraska train? Yeah, go ahead. Any anytime we can talk shit about Nebraska's fun. Kicking of Nebraska was 2009 when they have another Heisman candidate in Dominican Sue. Oh yeah. We rolled in there and beat their ass 31 to 10 and it wasn't even close. Brandon Carter only let Sue get like two tackles that whole game. Yeah. And I just But yet you thought that Nadamakon had like a greatest game of his life because Craig James, that bitch. So I just remember they kept saying, like, this is the third largest crowd at the Nebraska's home stadium ever. And I'm like, well, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but they had that was sticks. That was crowd, remember sticks. defensive candidate and Steven Sheffield just beat you. <laughs> With a bad ankle. He got his ankle hurt in that game and still kicked their ass. Yep. Yeah. Good memories in Nebraska, a place that we had never won. And then all of a sudden, yeah. The thing about uh, them being out of the Big 12 is that we get a walk out saying that we, I don't think we lost a game to them in like four straight tries. So, yeah. Always cool. a good flex. Always a good flex. Actually, you know what's kind of funny is, is uh, I always end up in, in SEC Big 12 discussions. And last year, the SEC went, I think, five and two in bowl games, and we went undefeated. Last or last season, I don't know. Anyways, anyways, side, sidebar. All right. So, anyways, um, that was fun. Uh, that was our number two moments. Least favorite, number two favorite moments. For some good moments for for Texas Tech football. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to kind of reminisce on this a little bit. Uh, been been dreading it a little bit myself because I haven't been as invested as long as y'all have, but. Uh, definitely still been having some fun with it myself. Uh, so let that'll wrap up Club Red for us this week. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to the NBA. We're going to be talking a little bit about the NBA Finals and the Olympics and some surgeries. But let's go ahead and kick that off. This is the uh, NBA discussion. All right, Brooks, take the helm. Where are we doing? Where are we at? How are we doing in the NBA? Yeah, so we're not much further than we were last time we talked to you. There's only been one game since. I don't know why they cram all these playoff games in in the previous rounds, and then we get to the finals, and they're like, let's just do one game a week. Um, so we had one game since last time. It was game three, and it was the first game that the Bucks won. They defeated the Suns in game three in pretty decisive fashion. Any takeaways from game three, Dustin, uh, that change your mind on the series or are you kind of right where you used to be? No, nothing shocking. I mean, Devin Booker had a poopy game and that's, that's okay. It happens. But I mean, I think that was a must win for the Bucks going home, going to get down 3-0 and pretty much mail in the rest of the series. So you had to come out hard at home and your guys play well. And you're lucky that Devin Booker didn't play well to help out with that win. Um, now the next game, I think is still a must win for the bucks. Cause if you go down three, one, I don't see the Suns losing at home twice and letting them back in it. 
Yeah, you mentioned Devin Booker struggles. Devin Booker, 10 points, 3 of 14 from the field. Not a great game from him. And DeAndre Ayton was in foul trouble. That's kind of one of the big things that the Bucks did. Arlie, did you see anything from the Bucks there to scare you on your uh, Suns in five uh, thoughts? I uh, so I was kind of still rolling with my with my Suns in four goofiness on this one. I thought this was going to be the game that the Bucks were going to come back on. They were back home, they were hyped up, and they definitely fed off the the the, the crowd. But this was this was all Giannis just kind of taking the game over and the rest of the team contributing at all. They didn't they didn't in game two, and so uh, I, I'm I'm not at all surprised by this. I thought the Suns did fall a little flatter than they should have. I think this should have been a little bit closer, but uh, this was a this was a good game. I mean, uh, if they were gonna lose one, I thought it was gonna be this game three right here. But I do think. They'll they'll end up winning a narrow one coming up, but but I mean, depends how many games Scott Foster refs the rest of this series. Yeah. So is this your stat, or are you using another I stat? Can all, I can do all kinds of stats. All right. Let's let's give you let's do part one of Dustin's <laughs> yeah. stat of the week. Part one. All right. <laughs> Take that for data. And that is not the only time you'll hear this. All right. Part one of Dustin's stat of the week. There's a conspiracy theory that is very backed by some stats floating around the NBA that Scott Foster, one of the officials in the NBA, and obviously a high-up official, is doing finals games. Uh, when he refs CP3 playoff games, CP3 is 0-12. What? 0-12 in playoff games that CP3 has played in. So hmm. the conspiracy going around is that the league wanted to make sure that the Bucks and Giannis got this game three win to insert get, keep the series going and you know get a little more eyes on it and all that stuff. And when the stats back it up, I feel like it just becomes a little more than a conspiracy. Yeah, when it's that many too, that's <laughs> a lot of games. And yeah, well, basically every time Scott every time Scott Foster ref CP3, they lose in the playoffs. They, they only have one win when CP3's team has played Scott Foster, and CP3 didn't play that game. So, <laughs> oh for twelve, Scott Foster. <laughs> I hate Scott Foster. He is the show. He is the star of the he show. He is a terrible ref. Um, so I'm with CP3. I hate Scott Foster. But game three takeaways for me, obviously, what Giannis is doing in this series is nothing short of incredible. Yeah. Uh, a guy that we thought was out for the season about a, a week and a half ago is coming in. He puts up back-to-back 40-point games. He goes for 41 points, 13 rebounds, six assists in that huge game three. And he's basically become unstoppable for the Suns. Like I mentioned it in a stat last week, but he had about 80 points in, or 70 points in 60 minutes or something like that in his two meetings with the Suns in the regular season. Well, they haven't shown any signs of slowing him up. They got DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble, and the Suns' lack of depth at the center position with uh, uh, Saric going out, yeah. I think really hurts them. And so I do think I see a way for the Bucks to really get into this series. And at this point, I'm not going to be shocked that they find a way to win. Giannis is just that dominant, and if he wins, this is his, like, oh, I'm one of the best players, not only just in the league, but maybe ever if he comes back and wins this series. 
especially the with the way he's playing. Like the last dude who dropped 40, 40 in back-to-back finals games was LeBron James. So uh, I don't know, Arlie, do you have any thoughts on Giannis and what his career trajectory could be if he keeps pulling this off and win or lose, does not matter for him? Like at this point, are we going to blame him if he does this and the Bucks lose? You're in deep thought here. Oh. Uh, Mike was muted. My bad. <laughs> my mic was muted. Uh, no, I was like, wow, I really got him with this yeah, question. Yeah, this is it. I was, I was actually somehow silenced. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I think the Bucks are, are a little. Their their success is a little bit too reliant on him scoring this much. Uh, but the the as you said, the Suns don't really have a big counter to it. Uh, I think the only main interesting take that I kind of thought about this though, or that I've kind of caught on about this is uh, if he does turn this series around and the Bucks somehow win this, it does it bring him finally like, because he, he's gotten over his little, his little playoff hump. Does this finally bring him into the discussion of the, the number one player in the NBA? Like, is he up there with, with Durant and LeBron as far as the discussion of, Hey, this is the best player in the NBA right now, and I think if he turns this around and beats this Suns team, uh, I I think he has a good claim to that to that unofficial title, in my opinion. Yeah, I I find it hard to not have him in that conversation if he does this. Dustin, where are your thoughts on Giannis right now and and what he's doing? I agree. There's more to gain than there is to lose. I don't think if he loses this that. It's catastrophic. Yeah, um, I agree. A really yep. good team built around him. I think him si- already signing that extension and committing to the Bucks, and then they immediately go trade for Drew Holiday. They have some good shooters and pieces around them. Um, so I don't think it's catastrophic like Damian Lillard type situation or Bradley Beal where, hey, got to get me out of here or get me a lot of pieces they're very, very close. I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff or take a different trajectory just because of a loss. Now he's going to get hate in the media just because they have nothing else to talk about. But I don't think it's that bad if he does lose this because also I think you'll see a lot more love for CP3 getting a win. Yeah. That yeah. kind of helps take some of the shine or the heat off of Giannis also. Um, so – not terrible for him, but a lot more to gain than to lose. Yeah, I think he's earning the respect thing. You know, when we saw Kevin Durant lose to him yeah. in the previous round, Kevin Durant got a lot of love because he did it kind of by himself yeah. with the 25% Harden. And, you know, he played some of the best basketball of his career. And people count that more than they count his championships with the Warriors because he, you know, piggybacked off of them. And he did this kind of on his own. I feel like Giannis kind of will get that same credit if he keeps putting these numbers up and they lose. It'll just kind of fall on more of Middleton and Drew Holiday, who were terrible in Phoenix and then had great games in Milwaukee. And I've always thought role players are guys who are great at home and terrible on the road. So are these dudes just like good role players? I don't know. I've always respected Drew Holiday. I've never seen Middleton as like a dude that I trust. But I don't know. I definitely think this – I don't think there's a really lose – 
situation for Giannis in this finals right now. Yeah. But uh, let's switch it over to the Suns. Where do, where do the Suns go from here? Because we saw some room for concern there. They won the games at home kind of by a little bit, not by a lot, but they actually got beaten pretty bad in game three. What do the Suns got to do from here? And can they keep Aiton on the floor? I think that's the biggest thing. Can they keep Aiton on the floor? Dustin, do you think they can do that? Do you think they can get this done with having not that deep a center roster and you need big guys to go up against Giannis? So to the Aiton point, yeah, you got to be able to keep him on the floor because he's like an X factor for that team because he can guard those smaller, those switches pretty decent, um, but yeah. also just a massive rebounding presence, obviously, and defensive presence um, and pretty decent offense player, too. So he's the X factor for them. And, yeah, like I mentioned last week and you just mentioned Saric going out is going to have some effect on it. Um, Frank Kaminsky can't feel that. Yeah. Goal. And obviously you can't have Aiton on the floor all the time, or especially in foul trouble. So got to keep him on and make him play smarter and not get fouls. Um, but if I'm the Suns, I don't freak out about that loss because, yeah, you had Aiton in foul trouble and you had a crap game from um, Booker. So just chill out. It's okay. Yeah. It happens. Move on to the next game. Just be ready and focus for game four. And you get – starts 0-0. Zero, zero. Anyways, you're not down – 20 or 30 points like you were last game to start the game. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. I, I think the main part here is is what, what you kind of alluded to there near the end of that, which was you got a crap game from Booker, and you're not going to see that back-to-back. Like, yeah. is it 10, 10 points out of him? No. You're not going to catch that in too many games. He mm-hmm. had an off night. Uh, he, he was, what, 3, 4, 14? 3 or 14. Yeah, yeah. that's, and that's you're, not good. You're not going to see him shoot those kind of numbers again. Yeah. Uh, it was an off night. And with him, with him shooting a little better, it'll allow them to spread the, 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 them on the offensive end a little bit more, spread the ball around a little bit more. Cause they're going to have to start covering him again. And yeah, we won't see the same game again. I, I, I do think uh, that again, the game tonight's going to be a little bit closer. I don't expect Devin Booker to stay quiet. So right quick, last uh, predictions on this game for Arlie. Uh, Suns or Bucks? Who you got in this one? This isn't a shot bet, just so y'all know. We're yeah, just, yeah, I'm just yeah. curious I, where y'all think this goes. I, I think Suns win this one, but by like by like less than five. Dustin, who do you got tonight? Suns in Game Four. Suns in Game Four. Ah, see, you just added a word. I'm actually going to go with the Bucks here to tie the series up. Ooh. I I really think they they kind of figured something out. I haven't no. seen them uh, slow down Giannis just yet. So uh, I think. And all those Bucks Rolls players will play a lot better here. So I do think that the Bucks win. If the Suns win, my bet is that Chris Paul has one of those like legendary games. So that's kind of, but yeah, I'm got Bucks tonight. But as you're listening to this, you'll the result of Game Four will already be out there, and Game Five will be on the horizon. We'll discuss that a little bit later in our shot bet segment, but. Mm-hmm. Other news in the NBA is Team USA is Ooh, struggling, but struggling cheeks. to say the least. Butt cheeks. That's they lost back-to-back games versus Nigeria and Australia. They were able to beat the Louis Scola-led 
uh, Argentina Dude, team, which is just crazy boy. that he, he's still he was playing. Four <laughs> gold yeah. medal Argentina team, and he's still. Oh. For him. He's for still them. playing, and dude, he looks jacked, man. He's like <laughs> fit. He's got his haircut. Um, but yeah, USA basketball struggling in these exhibition matchups. Dustin, you have any opinions on this? Do you care? Does this worry you? Do you think USA uh, basketball is trash now? What are your thoughts? Let me give you my other stat real quick. Oh, sh- right now, part two. Take that for data. We're going to go back-to-back basketball stats. So, yeah, they're 0-2 in exhibition games this year. First time since 92, and they started using pro players. They've lost back-to-back exhibition games. And previously, they were 54-2 and in those 30 years in exhibition games. So, am I worried? Mm-mm. Honestly, not really. What I'm more worried about is who's coaching them and what he's saying about some stuff because he's blaming conditioning for some of this stuff. And it's like, you just have, you have all professional basketball players like in the NBA on your team. A lot of them just finished the playoffs. Just finished a season. They shouldn't be out of shape already. They're not. And you have a lot of these teams that have a handful at most of NBA talent and not even, like, big-time talent. Joe Ingles is Australia's best player. Like, <laughs> and then he's getting mad at reporters for stuff, and it's like, dude, Popovich, you're – maybe you're the problem. Yeah, that's that's Popovich a bad take. the problem. They're literally, they're, they're all – most – I think all of these, if not most all, were recently in the playoffs. Like, they're, they're what, maybe at the worst? Two weeks out of practice? At the worst, I think the biggest part of this team's the roster. One, you're missing three really good guys in Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker. But you don't have a point guard on that team. You have a lot of the guys that can score yeah. the basket. Damian Lillard doesn't count as a point guard. Like maybe Drew Holiday comes in and is that it counts guy. as a point guard if you count all the points he's dropping in. Yeah, <laughs> they need. It's like who's the point guard running the offense? Yeah. And also, who's like the leader of this team? Because I know Kevin, Durant, Kevin Love, <laughs> Kevin Love, Kevin Durant. They're not those kind of guys. Um, I don't know if I mean, I feel like Damian Lillard's more like the silent lead by example, also type guy. I feel like we should just put Chris Paul on the team and it would fix everything. It probably yeah. actually would. Arlie, do you have any opinions on the U.S.? No, uh, it's, it's exhibition struggles. It's exhibition games. Like quite literally, this is like they they don't they don't actually give a shit about these teams and playing against them and beating them. Like the, they should. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, every time just... the U.S. struggles, that's when we change shit up. Like Dustin mentioned in 1992, we go to playing professional athletes and then we take over. You know the basketball world by doing that. I think. Really, it's just a testament to how the game of basketball has grown and how these countries have so much better players now. You know, you look at the NBA today, and it's not all Americans Mm -hmm. that are just at the top. You've got Luka, who's one of the best players in the world, Giannis. Like, a lot of these dudes are from other countries now. Nikola Jokic, the MVP. You know, all of these dudes are from other countries. Yeah. And so you don't necessarily have just all the best players in the world 
from the U.S. They're all over now. This game, there's so many good players across the globe. And some of these teams, they've been playing with each other for years on years on years. And you just throw these dudes together and expect them to go out and beat these teams. It's kind of absurd. And we only care when USA loses. We don't care when they win. When they win, it's just like, eh, well, yeah, we're supposed to. But the game of basketball has grown so much. And I, I think that's what this speaks to is just there's – you can't just – sleepwalk through games anymore like you used to yeah, yeah that's that's been across the board on a lot of sports though too yeah uh, I'll, I'll agree to that like like uh, i think uh it's it's going to be kind of a weird little little thing there but i think that the access to the internet being more of a global thing now uh is allowing people to kind of shorten the gap in yeah. between like the U.S.'s uh, top programs and like other countries top programs and i mean good good take there though that that is a lot smaller they've, gap than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They've put a whole lot of initiative into, you know, developing kids in these countries. Like there's the African, I, I can't remember some yeah. uh, tournament that for, for the African countries or something that they put on with a lot of these young players. And there's so many players in college and, and young in the NBA that are involved in this. And so they're trying to grow the game. And this is what happens. You, you get, there's people who love this sport all over the world now. And there's kids growing up playing this because now it is, it's not just, it can become a reality to be really good from Slovenia and make it to the NBA and be one of the best players. Absolutely. Cause that's, cause that's what happened. And he's now the face of NBA 2K 22 Luka Doncic. So it's, it, it's cool to see it like that, but yeah, I, you know, we'll see what happens in the Olympics. I'm sure that they'll get it together and, something but yeah i don't think it's necessarily to blame the u.s but just One to more look thing at I think is like some of our guys are not playing on this team and the olympic team because of the covid year and the difference in schedules in these past two seasons and what this would do this would take away their off season yeah. going into next year also so that would make a hell of a three-year stretch on their bodies their workout schedule yeah. all that stuff that they preach and talk about which I agree with no off season would affect that. And so yeah. we're not putting our a team out there. Um, and, but that shouldn't matter still. Yeah. You yeah, still got Kevin Durant out there. You should be. <laughs> yeah. We have Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal out Damon. there. And Damian Lillard. Like, yep. Make it work. Well, the last bit of news is about a star who is not playing and hasn't been for a while, and it's kind of one of the reasons his team isn't still playing in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard, it was reported yesterday that he had a surgery on a partially torn ACL, and so the partially torn ACL surgery is basically like a regular ACL surgery. So he is going to be out for roughly nine months unless he's Adrian Peterson which he's had lower leg issues for a while. So I do not see that coming, which if that so happens, puts him out till April of next year, which is usually in which will be this year as the NBA is getting back to a normal schedule uh, and for the 2021-22 season, which will be right at the end of the regular season going into playoffs. So this potentially does end Kawhi Leonard's 2021-2022 season. And the way he plays it cautiously, I wouldn't see him actually coming back to make a playoff run and just get it hurt all over again. This changes the Clippers' plans. We've talked about it before. Do they blow it up? What happens now? Well, now 
this plan is going into year three and Kawhi Leonard's not going to be a part of it. Dustin, where do you, what do the Clippers do here? What are their options? Obviously, if you're Kawhi Leonard, I think you have to stay and get that money, but I, it's been a disaster. Do you see any anything going their way with Paul George, or what do they got to do? That's that's it. It's the season of Paul George. Yep. It's going to be 2021, 20, 22, PG-13, Clippers year. MVP season. Ride his back. <laughs> And Gatorade's going to make another commercial of the MVP season that he still has never had that they're going to ride him enough. And maybe Kawhi does come back if they make the playoffs, but if not, you just ride kind of like Steph did that a couple years ago without clay, just yeah, play it as it is and build for the 2022 season. Mostly um, don't make any huge drastic changes unless you can get a guy that you have for multiple years that you can entice Kawhi to stay with, um, kind of roll with who you have and stand pat with this team. Arlie, where are your thoughts at with the Clippers and their seemingly bleak future right now? I actually think they're going to, yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of, kind of go along with it. I think that they're going to actually be okay. And I think uh, Paul George showed that he can, he can actually, carry a little bit and um i i think that they're, they're going to be fine as long as they keep the core of the team together uh and maybe get like uh bring s- some small piece in to step in to kind of help you know pg a little bit i think they're going to be in a similar spot i don't expect them to be fighting for a one or two seed uh going into going into next year's uh finals or playoffs but I, I don't see this as a big problem considering how well they did without Kawhi. Well, here's the problem is they got Kawhi and Paul George to win a title and that title window has really closed here. And, and they're, they're not here just to have a good Paul George season and be like, yay, fourth seed and out in the second round. They did this to make a NBA finals yeah. and to win a championship and going into year three, I don't see it possible that they're going to be able to do that without him. Uh, the West is going to be loaded. Once again, you're going to have, you know, the Lakers back, hopefully full health and making some moves. The Suns are now forced to here to be reckoned with. Um, you've got the jazz who are, you know, good, <laughs> the nuggets, the West is loaded yeah. and they don't have, they can't afford to have a team with just Paul George and, you know, them making a nice run with Paul George leading the team isn't what they signed up for. They signed right. up for championships here, and they're so far 0 for 2. 0 for 3 seems likely. Uh, but, you know, for them, obviously, you pay Kawhi Leonard if if he can. If he wants to stay there, he has free agency. He can go somewhere if he wants to this year. So there's that looming on him, but I reckon he'll take the money. And if you're the Clippers, you'll pay him, even though, you know, you're not going to get a season of him this year, but it's just, I mean, I don't hate it for the Clippers. I'm laughing at it, but as an organization, you're really, you've traded all your assets away. You don't have a draft pick to like 2026 or something like that. Yeah. So it's really handicap them into where now it's just what do you do do you go try to get Kyle Lowry do you go try to get another player put together a somewhat decent season and then hope Kawhi comes back or I I don't know yeah but tough tough uh tough stretch for them here uh especially after they had 
such high hopes. And you had Patrick Beverly screaming out, I just won a fucking championship after they signed Kawhi Leonard and traded for Paul George. Uh, so I laugh at it mainly because I hate them. But Me too. I, I honestly, like, I, I, whatever happens to them, I'm really not that, like, yeah. not that uh, sympathetic. Like, they sat players, they, they, they rested, they tried to do everything that they possibly could to kind of, uh, I guess kind of not not necessarily cheat their way to the title because it's not cheating to sit your players, but it's just cheap to me. Like you're 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 taken away from your fan base to watch who they're paying for, and so more karma for me in my case. Uh, I don't feel bad about yeah. this at all. It uh, does suck though. Don't like injuries, and and yeah. again we're gonna have another season in the NBA where one of the ten best players is gonna be off the floor due to injury and hey, you just don't like to see that. So you know, Kawhi does heal and get himself back and get back to that form. Uh, he is a fun player to watch, but Absolutely. that kind of does it for all the NBA news for this week. We do have, you know, finals games going on and we'll discuss some shot bets coming up. So uh, yeah, catch us next week when hopefully the NBA finals is about to go to a game seven. If not, we'll be giving our thoughts on what happened in this finals and how either the uh, Suns or the Bucks won the finals. So. Yeah. That'll be good. I, I, I mean, game's going, game's going uh, in favor of Phoenix right now, but we'll see. First, first quarter just started. Good game so far. All right. Uh, so it does wrap up our NBA discussion. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take this over to shop bets. We're going to talk a little bit about our bets from last week as well as uh, what our bets will be for the upcoming week. And then we actually have a little bit of a, a uh, record recap as far as where we're at and who you need to be siding with on these shot bets. This is Tailgate Talk Shot Bets. So, uh, first shot bet of the week was the Suns against the Bucks game three. We just talked about that in, in some decent depth. Uh, Bucks dominate. They, they take this one over. 20-point win. You know, obviously quiet Devin Booker. Uh, as far as the shot bet went for this game, Dustin and Brooks took the Bucks. They end up taking the W. I was rolling with my Suns, hopefully that, hoping that, uh, or well, hope, running with my, my CP3 mostly. Uh, hoping that they were going to take this one over, and um, no, it, it was uh, went went in the direction of the Bucks. Good, good for them. They got a good win. They played hard. On the second uh, bet that we had, this one was a fun one. We were actually texting quite a bit during this one. I definitely loved the 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 home run derby bet. That was actually really fun. Yeah. We were texting the ent- entire time through it. This was a really fun home run derby, even, considering it wasn't like. We didn't have all like all of the sluggers of the NBA or the big names of the NBA in this, and I still had a blast watching it, in my opinion. Um, but uh, the home run derby, Dustin had picked Joey Gallo. That was uh, that was a one and done, if I'm not mistaken, right? Hold on, I want to complain for okay, a second. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Joey Gallo's last home run should have counted. <laughs> Video evidence out there that the ball was out of his pitcher's hand and it should have counted while also the Orioles guy the round before 
got one and his pitcher still had it in his hand. They counted that one. So Joey Gallo got robbed of getting to go to overtime. Uh, so filing a formal protest. All right. But we will send this to the MLB immediately. <laughs> all right. This is this is a serious matter, guys. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Dustin at Joey Gallo was knocked out in the first round. Brooks ended up picking Pete Alonzo, uh, who ended up winning the entire thing. Uh, I, I could not believe that first round that he had. Uh, that was pretty dope. <laughs> good God. As soon as he started going off there, I was like, oh, yeah, we got this. We got that, this in the that, bag. He was just oh, in a rhythm. Did y'all see, see the pitching spread, sh- spread yeah. chart of there? His pitcher. Yeah, he hit the exact same spot every single pitch. Wild. I couldn't That's believe like, it. Yeah. I was kind of. I was uh, watching that. I didn't see the spreadsheet, but I was watching it, and it was literally within. The chart with, was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it, uh, that's how you win that kind of thing is you literally know to swing at the same spot every time. Uh huh. And just yard gone. And he gone. was just all, and he wasn't using a lot of energy because he was just freaking. You know, it looked so easy to him. And here's Brooks's stat of the week: Pete Alonso through 2019 and 2021 has oh, yeah. made 1.47 million dollars. In two home run derbies, he's made two million dollars. <laughs> he has doubled so, his net worth from home run. Hey, the polar bear. Hey, the man. Uh, but yeah, dude. good job, polar bear. Thank you for getting me the shot. Bet dub. Yeah. No, I was pretty watching, good about uh, that one. I was watching Juan Soto. Uh, I was watching Juan Soto hit. Uh, hold on. Everything he was hit? nice. I was watching him hit, and he was doing well. And and I kind of thought like his. Because like whenever the Nationals had their their playoff run and they were doing good, uh, he was very electrifying and for that team. And so I was like, I'm, I'm gonna roll with him and maybe it'll be something good. But to to kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, like Pete Alonso looked just effortless home runs back to back to back, and then Juan Soto looked like he was having to just force every single hit. And I mean, he was making it, but like. Uh, yeah. It, it, it looked a lot more effort on his end. Uh, so second round, obviously me and me and me and Brooks's guy went against each other. Pete Alonso wins by one, and then uh, he ends up winning the finals against Trey Mancini, uh, twenty three to twenty two, taking home his second and giving Brooks the shot bet victory. So you know it was an interesting derby. All the lefties really did seem like they struggled. Like Shohei. Who everybody was really excited was to see. He was doubles down the line. Oh, he was hitting them so hard, but they were just doubles. And Gallo kind of did this, was popping everything up at the start. Gallo last like thirty seconds, and then oh. he's like, "I'll make a comeback real quick." I thought he was <laughs> going to. He did. All of us gave up on him honestly, and then I was like, oh. "I know me and Dustin love this version of the home run derby. I really like what it adds. I like the time." Because yep. it definitely adds to the excitement when that second guy, like Joey Gallus, for instance, when he's down like oh, 11 home runs and then all of a sudden just starts teeing off and you're like, oh, shit, maybe you can I'm come back. And then just, like, I think it adds. Here we go. Every I think it makes it so go. much. Ar- Arlie, you were kind of acting like maybe you hadn't really watched or maybe you had forgotten it was this. Were, were you aware of this format? or what, No, what no, I didn't pay attention to last year's or uh, the year before that close because I was just like, the, the names that they keep putting up each year are kind of uh, uh, good names, but not like, you know, they're, they're, they're not headliners, all of them. 
Who's the headliner in the MLB? There's not really headliners. Shohei's the headliner. You don't want to back to back. You had Shohei Otani. Joey Gallo is pretty well known as being a home run guy. It's just 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 kind of outside looking in, I guess. I don't know. World Series MVP. Um, and you had a hometown guy in Trevor Story. So I mean you had a decent crowd. Um, that was, that was Mancini had that or Vlad Jr., but you had a pretty good group of dudes in this yeah. one. Um, and Mancini, the guy who lost to Alonzo, had the had the story because he's coming yeah. back from colon cancer. So right, right. um I don't know. There's not a lot of MLB star power, really. You know, there there's like I think the three stars in the MLB are Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah. Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Shoei Otani. I think those are your three guys, and you got one of them to be in it. So I think you know, I, you know, it's Mike just, Trout is not ever going to do it. Yeah, um, I don't know. So. That, that was just that was just me. Like I was just like, oh, oh all yeah. right, we'll see what happens. And, but it wasn't like a insult to it in any way. It was just like it was not enough for me to be like, fuck yes, I need to watch this. Like it was just like, yeah, oh, the four it, minute it's on two years ago, and it's awesome. But it makes it faster. It yeah. makes it guys hit every pitch. Makes the pitcher have to throw good pitches. It was exciting. I liked it. I, I like this format. Again, yeah. again, I haven't watched it in probably about two years. So oh, I love the home run derby. Yeah. Love it. I, I did too. It's in always the past. a good night I, for me and Dustin. We always text a shit ton on home run derby. The home run derby is up there with like the NFL draft of like non game events I love in sports. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but. Definitely a fun event. Obviously, all of us were into it. We were, we were texting the entire night about it uh, until literally all the way through the end of it. Um, so that was our second shot bet. Uh, Brooks, obviously, uh, again, took this one. Me and uh, me and Dustin take the loss. All good. Worth it. I'll take a shot over that. That was a fun event to watch. Uh, yeah, we so had a one in eight chance of winning. Yeah. Piece, so. Hey, you 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 rolled the dice on, on, on the, the return, and you got you got paid off for it. So um, this week's shot bets again. Uh, we we talked about it uh, for a second earlier, but it was a it's going to be game five of the Bucks at the Suns. Uh, it's going to be Saturday night's game, uh, and then if it's needed or if they do play it, game six. But if the if the uh, Suns win tonight and Saturday, we'll have something else for you guys. So be on the lookout for social media for a different event or something for a shot bet to be happening. Um, as far as, so here's a little bit of a, a catch up as far as the total shot bet stats go. Uh, we yeah, are so a, real oh, quick, we're through ahead, 75 shot Ooh. bets. We've done 75 shot bets, 76 okay. total. So that's kind of why we're doing this little catch you up on where we're all at 76 shot bets in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are at the, the 75 shot bet mark as, as he said. Uh, wow. so total records. Uh, if we're going to be going from, from third to, to first here, I'm in third place with 36 and 40. Uh, Dustin is at 37 and 39, so he's one ahead of me. And then Brooks is, I think, six six ahead of Dustin with a, with a, with a decent lead. The NBA playoffs, I think you said, what was it, 14 and three that you've been? My six-game lead over Dustin. I'm 43 and 33. Nice. Yeah. That's that's six ahead. That's what I said. That's six ahead. Okay, yeah. maybe it is. If, if he wins six straight and you lose six, if he straight, wins. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, I, you take but the hey, wins. I mean, really, the- you got a chance coming back because when college football comes back around and me and Brooks start losing again, 
Uh, I get on a 10 game losing streak. Who knows what might happen? We'll see. College football or NFL. NFL, I felt pretty confident in, but it's fine. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see where we, we end up at the hundred mark. We'll we'll catch you guys back up here eventually. Yeah, me and Dustin really did well with the NBA. Um, so that that really helped. And then yeah, football has not been kind to all, most of us, except for Arlie. <laughs> I'm I, I I like NFL. I I I'm I feel I don't know pretty good on that one. That Jags pick is looking worse and worse every week though. But anyways, uh, we'll we'll well I'm gonna stick with it and hope that it comes true. I don't think it is, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. So, um, what's up? To say let's go everybody but the Jags. <laughs> yeah, basically it's good. It's good. I, I really don't mind it. I'm having fun with it. So, uh, that's that's gonna uh. Let, did, I guess we can put. Do we want to put our shot bet yet out for our our first shot bet? Or we, we're going to wait until after this game is done, kind of make that analysis, yeah. right? Yeah, we'll wait. Okay, so everybody, just be on the lookout for on, for the social media post. We'll have that out for you. If you're listening to this live, it should be coming up for you within the next 24 hours. Uh, or sorry, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, we'll have it for you out there on Saturday, so you can get your vote in, get your bet in. Bucks at the Suns game five will be the first shot bet. And then, if needed, uh, Suns at the Bucks Tuesday night for Game Six. So, be on the lookout for those on our social media pages. Uh, what's up? I was gonna say, if there's not a Game Six, we're gonna have to get creative on the shot bets because there's not a lot of sports going on right now. So we could we could go uh, British Open golf is this weekend. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Pick a pick a Sunday winner because it'll be late. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we won't know maybe. until. Uh, just an idea. Off top of the head. Well, it, it all depends on the game tonight. So we'll, we'll know ahead of time. We'll have plenty of time to decide on if we need yeah. a game six pick or not. So oh, the NBA is still going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that is going to wrap it up for the episode, though. Uh, we're going to go ahead and shoot this over to Dustin for his final shot of the week. Uh, see here in a little bit of the notes there. I like it. What, what do you got for this week, man? We talked in Club Red about MLB draft for this past week and weekend um texas rangers had the number two pick and did not blow it they took already ready pitching ace jack Leiter from vanderbilt they had the number two pick and they it got a little interesting if y'all watched it the pirates took the louisville catcher number one and all the uh pre-draft stuff i looked at they had them taken one of the shortstops, these stud shortstops that were coming out, and the Rangers are going to take lighter. So it got a little interesting if the Rangers would still take lighter or go with one of these kind of phenom prospect shortstops. But they stuck with the ace pitcher that's been very good at Vanderbilt, good stuff. Um, but, yeah, first round was pretty wild. I'm just glad the Rangers didn't screw it up and took a really good pitcher that's going to be an ace for years. And Vanderbilt has a very, very good track record of pitching – um, especially first round guys that get drafted. So love that for the Rangers. Dig it. Yeah, I was pissed. I thought Jack Ladder was going to go to the Red Sox. Everybody had him at four to the Red Sox. But hey, we got one of those phenom shortstops. So. Yeah. When yeah it, right. Dude, I was watching that whole thing. And I was like, this first 10 picks is wild, actually, because that catcher went. The Rangers took lighter, kind of like a half of the projections were going and then it kind of just went everywhere you had a lot more high school guys going than we expected 
you have Kumar dropping from like six or seven down to 10. ten. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, like that whole first 10 picks was pretty crazy and wild. It's kind of actually fun to watch, but they still like put the MLB draft on at the same time as an NBA finals game. So you tried to do better, but you didn't MLB. (laughs) No, it was good. I mean, it was the MLB draft. I, I've ever, I, I haven't never actually watched the live. I don't it know. It was why. cool because they didn't do it during the college or the super regional playoffs. Yeah, they actually had an in-person draft like mm-hmm. the other sports do. So it was really cool for those kids to be there and actually be on TV rather than the kids and the parents hearing while they're still playing games. Yeah, so they improved it. Now they just got to work on. Hey, let's not do it during the NBA Finals game. You know, do it during the all-star game or before the all-star game Yeah, or before the home run derby somewhere in there. Do it. You're close. Baseball. You're close. Getting closer. It's getting better. It's getting better. You're wanting to watch it. I I, I need to catch it probably next year. I I need to actually because the the more that I'm watching college baseball, I, I, I might be a little bit more invested in it now. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, the only reason maybe to tune in next year is that uh, Chase Young will probably be up there in the in the that first couple picks. Maybe so. the Rangers will take him too because they'll have another yeah. top five pick. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his brother. Yeah. Uh, my final shot is just a shout out that the Olympics are right around the corner. Uh, the opening ceremonies are next Friday, <laughs> and yes. me and Dustin, we love ourselves the opening ceremonies. A yeah, couple, of, the last, the last Olympics, the Summer Olympics that hit. We were just chilling at Dustin's house and decided to make a drinking game out of the opening ceremonies where you have to guess what sport the flag bearer for each country plays. And let me tell you, it's pretty damn difficult, but it's a pretty good game and fun to play. Uh, so that is right around the corner. I just love the Olympics. I love watching all those random ass sports. You know, during my lunch, I turn it on and there's, you know, water polo or water rafting or yeah. handball or whatever going on. I just, I love those two weeks. It's fun to watch. And so, yeah, I'm pumped about the Olympics and I'm going to pay my shot bet dead off to cheersing the Olympics being back in our lives or the 2020 Olympics. New random ass sports this year, like rock climbing and surfing, and that's about all I know off the top of my three head. on three basketball. Three on three basketball. <laughs> they're just making rock. shit up. <laughs> yeah, they're just like more, more sports. <laughs> and I'll, I'll watch it. Oh, that's no, more sports to guess in our Olympics <laughs> opening ceremonies game. <laughs> I hope there's like a skateboarder or something that's uh, like the flag yeah. bearer. <laughs> uh no, I, I I love watching the Olympics though. It's a it's a ton of fun. And we'll look up what the new. Uh, so we got baseball and softball coming back. Yep. We got karate, so that just goes in with like judo and Cobra Kai for life. <laughs> <laughs> and then we do have skateboarding, we have mm-hmm. climbing and surfing. So, let's go. I hope there's a climber in the. So for y- those of y'all who like listen and want to with his with the flag and just like yeah. So for those of y'all listening and who want to partake in this game with your friends, what you do is as the uh, people with the flag are shown on the screen during the opening ceremonies, before the sport is shown and what sport they play, you have to guess what sport they do. So some of them are going to be very obvious. Like it's going to be an American and Michael Phelps. And you're like, yeah, swimming. 
Some of them are like big dudes who look like they do wrestling or something, but no, oh. it's a table tennis player. Table tennis. <laughs> or a really skinny dude, and you're like, oh, that dude's probably like a track athlete or something like that. And it's like, no, windsurfer. No, and it's just like, <laughs> it's I love just, it. It, it's so uh, we made it pretty fun. It's a fun drinking game. If you get it right, you don't have to drink. If you get it wrong, you drink and then you total up who gets the most right at the end. And voila, for, for that's winner. how you get your winner. I like yeah. that awesome. game. Five years ago, it came down to the last five guys. Me and Brooks were tied. This is out of like 200 countries. We're at like 18 to 18. <laughs> yeah, out of the 200. And half of those were just being like, I got like America. the third to last guy right. <laughs> And it was a great moment in that house when I got one and went up one with like two or three people left. <laughs> and he guessed windsurfing and the dude was a freaking windsurfer <laughs> or a sailor or something. Sailing, dude. I got so many points off sailing. That's lucky. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Well, but yeah. No, Olympics. Tell that game to your friends and partake. Makes the opening ceremonies worth it. <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's Friday night. Is it? uh, okay, it's okay. July 23rd, Friday night. I will be driving to yep. Lubbock so me and Dustin can, yes. can, can partake kick off in this the game. Olympics on the right. Let's do it. Nice. <laughs> um, so my, my my final shot is, is going to be, I think, going to be loved and hated in here. It's going to be basically the Yankees blowing a, a uh, what is it, a five-run lead in the ninth on Sunday mm-hmm. and uh, the Astros score six in the ninth with a walk-off home run by Altuve. Uh, definitely a ton of fun to watch that. I was watching this game the entire time, but uh, we all was like, Oh shit, the Yankees are going to beat us. And uh, I, the, the walk-off hit here, he, he, he obviously hits it. The whole, there's two on base, the whole stadium erupts. And, uh, I think they end up ripping his shirt off at the end. Anyways, it, it was it was fun to just have the Yankees beat. Nope, you're muted, Dustin. Can't hear you. You're throwing a fit, but it's fine. Uh, don't, don't pass over this taking the whole shirt off business. I just said I they rip it off, but whatever. He had to cover up a few years ago. Huh? And that's why he couldn't take his shirt off. I thought that was the whole reason he couldn't take his shirt off a few years ago. Huh. Huh. I don't see any tattoos. Uh, just huh. just two shitty teams doing two shitty things to each other. That's how I view it. Just what yeah. get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Astros are so shitty this year. Huh. Uh, Not shitty, just shitty people. Uh, yeah, yeah. It exposed everything on them, but it's fine. They, you know, they're still in first. It's okay. Anyways, they exposed them, but then they were like, "Oh, what was me? Oh, we yeah. cheated, and y'all are pretending, and y'all are being mean to us." <laughs> There's a whole year of this, anyways. All right, anyways, no, uh, walk off home run. I'll take it. Beat the Yankees. I, I, I'll always take that as well. But I will say the Yankees were talking a lot of shit in that game, so it did kind of like oh, I think yeah. uh, Judge hit a home run and was doing the whole like covering up the jersey thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, I think Gary Sanchez did that too. So I don't know. I hate both of them. So, but I hate the Yankees worse. So. Anyways, yeah. No way to way to just burn my my final shot, guys. Appreciate you too. So, anyways, uh, I think it's gonna wrap it up for <laughs> Can't us give this the week. Yank. <laughs> uh, no, just coasting right over it. Uh, 
So make sure if you're not already to subscribe to the podcast on, on Spotify and iTunes on iTunes, make sure you give us that rating, the review, make sure it's a five star. Uh, as far as our social media accounts, follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us there as well as on YouTube. And if it is on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell to be notified when we post a video. Uh, as far as our personal accounts, Dustin, find him at Dustin Wimmer 22 Brooks, find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. Um, as far as uh, any sort of inquiries or any sort of thoughts, questions, or any sort of uh, propositions that you have for us, uh, our email for the podcast is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Send us any thoughts, questions, or anything that you want to talk to us about. Uh, so that wraps up the show. Uh, again, be on the lookout for these shot bets coming up. Uh, they will be posted on social media. You don't have to get your bet in for game uh, five just yet. We'll let you watch this game four that's uh, happening right now as we're talk- recording this live. But that will be the end of the show, guys. We will catch you guys next week for another episode. Catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.